friends. This is It Came From A Basement, a show where we cover the contents of the 96 discs inside a mysterious DVD binder that has been delivered to us via the turning wheel of fate. I'm Dean, he, him. I'm Dan, he, him. I'm Roxy, she, her. Hello, and welcome... Welcome to the den of... Uh... Ring... Ringo... Ringy... I don't know what I'm talking about. We're talking uh, ring again. <laughs> Ringo star? We all got ring room. We all got ring room. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that. That's nasty. That parasite. We're, we're going back into the into the well, I we should say, and uh you know, reviewing another film in the Ring franchise. The the many movie Ring franchise, strangely enough. Um Ringu 2 the 1999 what if, movie. What if the Ring like as a concept was just a metaphor for ringworm? like it infects you and then you die a few days later <laughs> um it's one explanation right? no one really knows what the ring is about no, no one has ever no one has ever studied it or yeah. looked at it as a text no um, or a film any, or a any film. kind of critical analysis hasn't been done on this so i think we should be the first to try to take a crack on it really my, my suss answer. it what this is you think yeah, it's my, ringworm i think it's ringworm uh, Dan, you have any ideas? Uh, uh hold on. <laughs> uh, what is this? We're trying to figure out what the ring is about? Yeah, yeah, because no one knows what it's saying. Like, no one has ever done critical thinking about it. Mm. Ever. So, so it's our turn to, to come up with a good theory. Watergate? I don't um... know. Ooh. Ooh. Watergate. Interesting. Ooh. See, I was going to say social justice interesting um and that was my contribution social justice wingworms that committed watergate committed watergate yeah that's why it took them so long to get to the bottom of it because it was ringworms the whole time (laughs) and the water from the watergate hotel was infected with and that's and that's what they put in the well and that's what the wells represent in the movies. Yeah, an infected pool of ringworm water. <clears throat> and Yeah, I think we're going places with this one. And S- Sadako, is that how you say her name? Sadako. Sadako, she, she is... Was she Nixon's top man? Yeah, and she's the most infected with the, with the, mm. the conservative ringworm. Oh, and the tape? Is the tape... Like... like... Like the ta- tape, like the tapes, yeah, it's uh-huh. it's all right there. Like the tape right. that you watch, right, that's the you... stuff they stole out of the Democratic office. Was the tape? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. Stole... And you die in seven days because Nixon's hitmen will come and kill you. Uh-huh. <laughs> As There's... is fact, yeah. they're still on the job even five years or so after he passed away. They're still they're still on the case. They that's how dedicated they are to. Time's a flat circle. It's a ring. They have yeah. ringworm. Yeah, they keep doing it. They're stuck in a loop. They can't break it. Yeah. Wow. I I can't believe... So that's our discussion. All right. Um, next week... Uh... Yo, uh, you should watch Blood Machines on Shudder. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you all know about saying... Blood Machines? You were saying about it. It looks really crazy. It's uh, pretty wild. It's only an hour or two. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, it's not. I Shutter did a weird thing where they split it into three episodes. Uh, okay. It's so it's like a weird. It's like a mini series. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because, uh, like you know, right in the first five minutes of the second episode, it's like the credits start, and it's like, hey, this is a film by this guy. And it's like, well, I don't know. It says episode two, so I don't know. You know. Interesting. But yeah, it's only fifty-seven minutes, and it's got uh, it's cool very acceptable green out conditions i must say all right cool it's a it's a carpenter brute score right yes cool carpenter brute and uh seth eicherman directed it they've been like collaborating for a while i think on music videos and shit cool so this is just like a big mobius psychedelic weird uh uh sci-fi 
thingy my bob whoa a lot of lights i liked that cool. sounds pretty cool um so what else has everyone been watching recently in in lockdown uh i've been binge watching it's always sunny in philadelphia great show uh, yes. highly recommend if you somehow haven't seen it um also very uh, I was talking to you about this earlier Dean but it's very um very uh rewarding to watch it through in one go because you notice all the the little callbacks that they make which is very very frequent it's kind of wild how often that show calls back on itself and weaves in like earlier threads of character and plot to to make it a really dumb situation hmm. um also the, the, the another thing that's crazy is just how many episodes are just meta caught like literally just them doing the same thing over again but with a meta spin on it and like commenting <laughs> on like reusable plots and the state of the television industry that's kind uh, of amazing yeah uh other than that just a bunch of fucking movies every now and then <laughs> nice any any good ones uh pan's labyrinth i watched that for the first time a few days ago and that nice. was oh, yeah. really good loved it nice yeah, yeah i gotta get a... around to some del toro's yeah. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth is a uh, pretty good. That Pale Man, I remember I saw that in theaters and that was quite a like wow, that was a good scene. Yeah. And uh <laughs> it seems to have survived. So, that's nice. Yeah, it's uh that scene was was really tense. Um I had no idea how that scene was going to go down. The whole movie actually it was very surprising to me. I just based on what I knew about it, I thought it was going to take place in like a fantasy labyrinth that was a metaphor <laughs> for like the Spanish Civil War, but it turns out the most of the movie is taking place in a very real world and the, hmm. yeah the elements are you didn't exactly expect to see dudes like lips ripped off and shit right no and uh <laughs> yeah um, but i liked what it was and uh, he... oh the dude's face with the bottle that scene yeah Ooh. yeah it's a rough you know it's a movie about war more than anything yeah damn him having to sew his lip his face back together his fucking face back together yeah. and then he takes a shot and he bleeds through the dressing and then he's like oh and takes another shot yeah. Good moment. Good moment in cinema. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Guillermo del Toro really knows how to make them. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm watching Blade Two. I haven't finished. I'm like 20 minutes left in it, and like, I I haven't seen a lot of his earlier stuff, Del Toro's. But I'm gonna go off on a limb and probably say that Blade Two is gonna be the one I like the least, and I still like it a lot. I just think the dude knows how to make movies. Um, that's a good skill to have. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean. If you go back and watch Mimic, then maybe you might change your mind about that. But okay, that's uh, but that's fair. yeah. I mean, Blade Two, like, yeah, he just gets better. So, right, you know, yeah, I especially can't... with the Hollywood stuff. I'm not a huge. I'm not, I don't know. Del Toro is one of those interesting dudes to me, where like everything about his movies I kind of like, but they don't usually to me add up to the most satisfying totality. You know what I mean? Like. Uh -huh. I always feel like there's some ingredient that I feel is either miscalculated or I don't know. It doesn't totally add up to usually something satisfying, but every piece of his movies are really good. Hmm. Um, yeah. At least for, that's just how I take it. And Blade 2 is like one of those things where it's a, a stu you know, it's like a studio movie where he's trying to do his own thing as opposed to just like, you know, when he can do his own thing. And yeah. I, I just think it's a better fit. I got to watch uh, Crimson Peak. Yeah, that's one I have. Crimson seen. Peak is great. I want to want to. That get might be his movie for me that comes like that feels the most cohesive and complete. Nice. Cool. I, I don't own know. That. Crimson I Peak is cool. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, I rewatched Shape of Water uh, like a week ago, and then Fans Labyrinth, and now Blade Two. Um, Shape of Water, I I love a lot. I still love that. I think it's good. Um, I gotta watch that again to see if it holds up on a repeat viewing uh, yeah i thought i did um i'm also really his his stop motion pinocchio is supposed to come out next year which, <laughs> oh, yeah uh, okay sure they they said uh really really weird fact i learned apparently that and nightmare alley both um started production like basically the same day whoa um yeah because hmm. like the pinocchio is in production they did they did start oh. that movie right before the coronavirus um well good and Nightmare Valley, uh, Nightmare Alley, I think started either at the same time or a little before or something. Um, I'm excited for both of those, but I think that his sensibilities in a stop motion movie would be really cool to see. That I think he does seem 
like a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean it's an obvious record. choice. Like he's already done puppet shit in Hellboy to you know. He's yeah. a fan of puppets. Let the man do like a thing with yeah. a... with a lot of puppets. Yeah, like just let him go crazy. Yeah, it's a perfect fit. I mean it's like a clear that and Frankenstein are like the two things that Del Toro kinda like you know, should do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a creature from Black Lagoon, which he kinda did with Shape of Water already, but yeah. Well, he's just... I mean, he's tried to make Frankenstein for a while. Frankenstein's his favorite monster, and considering how much he kind of has a thing for monsters, that's yeah. He should do a Frankenstein. He was going to. Him and Doug Jones. Doug Jones was hired as, or, you know, the Frankenstein, and then... Uh, I feel like he should happen. do it. They should let him. Why aren't yeah. they letting him? Who knows? I don't know. It's um, dumb. Maybe with the reboot of the Universal Monsters, they'll let him. The Dark Universe 2. Dark Universe 2. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. Guillermo del Toro is one of those directors who I haven't seen. At least I've started to, to fill in the blanks in his filmography, but before now I hadn't really seen a lot of his filmography. But he always stood out as, like, one of my favorite directors because, like, I don't know. He just seems like he loves movies in their totality. It's not like a lot of directors I feel like you get who uh, who tend to, like, ignore the the, like – not trashier, but, like, the more popular side of it, I guess. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, b- big directors who feel like they're they're always trying to make something serious and important. And Gamble de Toro is also trying to do that. But, like, he may, he wants to make a big movie about mon- uh, monsters fighting robots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like if he, like, if he tackled, like, a superhero movie, he would lean really hard into, like, the superhero, like, element of it. Uh, and, well, he may play yeah. two, I guess. But, like... I don't think he'd ever make a straight superhero movie, but but yeah. he just seems like a. Dude He's who... talked about how he doesn't really like him and yeah. Stuff, so I mean, I don't but know. like I feel like if he did or any any adaptation, he'd lean into like the side of whatever he's making. Well, he was going to do Justice League Dark, yeah, which would have been you know Swamp Thing and yeah, Zatanna and stuff, and that would have been cool. As shit. I mean, yeah, that's clearly like right up his alley. That's a way for him to do a superhero thing, but still make it about monsters and weird people and stuff yeah i just i read a quote when i was watching blade 2 about etrigan the demon and guillermo <laughs> del toro come on Constantine. come on <clears throat> yeah um i read a quote uh, about blade 2 where he said that he when he got the project he just really wanted to like lean heavily into the comic book aspect of it and japanese mm-hmm. animation which is interesting and that kind of like he just seems like a dude who like when he's making pacific rim he is like i'm making a a kaiju movie but also a giant robot movie i'm going to lean into those genres not try to morph them into like yeah well it's the else. stuff he grew up on you know yeah. he likes yeah. all that stuff he's a fan of yeah yeah and i just appreciate yeah, he's it. a guy who cares he's got a heart i mean yeah. he likes the stuff he likes so much that he you know he wants to make movies about them yeah, yeah. I guess ultimately i'm just i like him cuz he seems like a dude who cares a lot and whatever yeah. he's doing he's he a cool he's a one of, of the most yeah, no, for sure. He's one of the most fascinating dudes to listen to, I think. Yeah. I, I almost think it's more informative, and I almost get more out of listening to him talk than I do watching his movies. I, he's a really good orator, and he he can uh, get across his ideas in a way that's like, oh, that's amazing. Just yeah. when he's talking. I just find him really captivating. Yeah. Especially about monsters, whenever he talks about monsters. Yeah, because they're, yeah, because he gets them right. <laughs> he, like, understands yeah. that they're not just interesting effects but that they have a sort of mythological and psychological uh you know basis mm-hmm. they come from us and they are us uh we should like monsters and he likes them because they're awesome yeah monsters rule and they deserve love just like everything else <laughs> yeah i like that dude yeah Good curious guy. to see uh what and what he ends up putting in nightmare alley that makes it a little bit of a monster movie yeah if anything because that movie doesn't really lend itself well to monsters but let's hope he does something cool with it yeah yeah (laughs) i uh i finished uh parks and rec during quarantine like we watched it and finished it yeah how's that uh how's that uh you know i mean it's fun it's a thing to put on yeah um i hadn't seen the last two seasons when i watched it the first go-round like years ago right um I don't know why I didn't finish it. I just fell off. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. 
little show. Every once in a while, they'll do stuff that's like, oh, that's really cool, you know? And it's interesting because <laughs> yeah. so during this, you know, I watched through all of The Office a little while ago uh, and then jumped kind of right into Parks and Rec and watched through all that. And it's an interesting evolution for yeah, Greg Daniels like those... and Michael Schur watching them. They're kind of, I was wondering, like, they're kind of one of the biggest, I'd say, auteurist TV voices, especially on, like, big network stuff, yeah. right? Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a really I mean, interesting sort of evolution of tone and, and stuff, especially... Have you seen a, a... What's the new one? Upload that Greg Daniels is doing? No, but I've heard a lot about it. I think I watched the first episode, and I don't think I've watched any more than that. Um... Is that also, like, the same sort of vibe? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, um, it's an interesting, like, evolution from The Good Place, because it's also about death, and, but sort of through, like, the, uh, lens of, you know, big tech, Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley stuff, so it's an interesting... That's interesting. I mean, I only watched the first episode, but it's interesting because it's now, you know, it's an Amazon show, so they can, like, say fuck and have boobies and stuff, <laughs> um, which is, like, a weird shift when you're, like, I don't know, just thinking you're going to get an office show or something. But, right. Uh, it's in- yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting. Parks and Rec is a weird show, too, because uh, fucking the amount of politicians that show up on this show. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're like, just all like, like hey, aren't guests. they all great? Like, Nuke. Newt Gingrich shows up, and it's, yeah. oh, what are John you McCain. doing, show? Yeah, but at least, yeah, McCain, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Uh, having McCain is one thing, like, if you're going for, like, I don't know, middle, like, a Republican that, like, everyone, especially at that point in time, I don't think there's ever an appropriate time to say, hey, Newt Gingrich, we want yeah. you to be on a TV show. Yeah. Fuck you. It, but, um... It's very centrist, yeah, I, in its approach, and that's like exactly. the, well, that's a, well. Ron Swanson is, yeah. you know, such a great libertarian person who hates the government and thinks it's all bullshit. But oh man, isn't he such a swell guy? Yeah, it's like wow. Well, all right. He's nice <laughs> to a couple people, so he's a good person. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, oddly enough, um, the evolution between The Office and and Parks and Rec, I think, is like even like larger felt to me in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that takes like the evolution of characters to an- another step and actually has them change significantly over time. Right. And, like the format of the show changes quite a bit, and then I don't know. It, it, it approaches like actual real issues a couple times in that, and with a pretty in a pretty good way. Um, yeah, I I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, and then you know the Good Place, obviously. Yeah, that's a probably uh, the 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 crowning achievement of that like yeah team um i think that's just mike sure i think mike sure is it did is the only one to did a good place i know greg daniels his new show comes out on netflix in a few days space force oh right i don't know if i have any interest in that <laughs> i think i'll watch it it seems kind of funny steve carell is always a good time when he's trying to be funny yeah eh, i i i you know hopefully it's good. i don't know i John i don't Hot really Twitch. know much about the show I like just learned about it, I think, and uh, I don't know. I'm not very interested in it, at least not yet. I might if it if people say it's good, then maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, I think reviews and... are coming out now of it. Um, I think I read one on mm. the AV Club. I think they gave it a B for either the first mm. season or like the first episode or something. Um, B's not bad. <laughs> no, he's pretty good. He's okay. AV Club. Uh, you know, check it out. I'm not a cool. super big fan of The Office. Um. Yeah, it's one of those things where both of those shows, both Parks and Rec are like, while you're watching them, you're like, yeah, these are fine. Uh, You think back on them and you're like, ah, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't like. But then there are just some moments where you're like, oh, this show's perfect. You know, while you're watching, it's just this weird balancing act between like, I look back on them and I'm like, yeah, they're they're pretty good. You know, they have moments while you're watching them. You're like, ah, yeah, this is good. Yeah. And then there are moments that happen. You're like, oh, this is great. And it's just because you like the characters and then they do something. Yeah, the characters are strong like yeah. in all of them so yeah yeah we we talked about it a little before my my least favorite part is when those shows don't put in the time to like actually change characters but then like have a moment that should be like a significant moment but just feels completely unearned or like yeah. 
Or, oh yeah, we have talked about that. Yeah, like on the office when when everyone like Michael does something really bad and everyone's on his side and trying to cheer him up and you're like, it doesn't this this isn't earned. None of it. Like, yeah. You know. Or like yeah. like when he left and everyone's crying and it's like he was an asshole for like nine like seven years. If I leave, he was I like the worst like, boss. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, cool. I don't care if you're leaving, but because you know you've been with the character so much and they're supposed to like each other because that's how it works, you know. Yeah. But I think Parks and Rec gets that balance a little more correct, too, yeah. though. Yeah. And I think by the end of that show, I think the characters are all more significantly changed than when they start. And the show also makes that, like, a point. They say, like, a hundred times, like, hey, you've changed. And it's like, yeah. all right. Especially that's... in that last season. They yeah, well, that's what I mean. They're, like, really telling it. It's like, yeah. okay. But it is interesting that they do at least change. And yeah. that's, you know, more than I can say for most of the Office characters. There or at least like... in ways that are... A growth. The office just goes fucking crazy, but yeah. I don't even know if I ever finished the office. The last few seasons are fine. They are so bizarre that I admire them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like they they take some like they turn uh what's his name uh Ed Helms Andy is that the character's name Yeah. yeah. They turn him into like the worst character on television. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Like the. It's was... really crazy. Like he, I don't like know. He goes... Like the show becomes aware of his own, un- like what, like what the show is acknowledging. He's a bad, per- like bad person. Hmm. You know, oh, wow. not like Michael Scott, who's like, oh, he does bad stuff, but he's we like him, right? Yeah. The show itself is like, ah, this dude's weird, and it's like, why are we doing this? That's this television odd. show. It's yeah. odd, like it's it's really odd. But I kind huh. of admire how much they're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. It gets like nihilistic at the end of that show. That's crazy. Yeah, and the whole like uh the whole like camera people subplot is just mm. uh, yeah, you got to admire for them swinging for the fences. I kind of that's the thing. I kind of like that. I don't know if yeah. I know I don't I can't really re- say if I liked what they did with it, but the idea that like yeah, the sound dude becomes a character for a bit yeah. is like oh, I like okay. the concept of that, but yeah, I don't know if I like what they do with it. Yeah. Right. So there's yeah. that. And how they address, like, the, the fact that it is a hidden, not a hidden camera show, it's, like, a filmed reality show, basically. And mm-hmm. all, throughout the entire show, they've been, like, capturing intimate moments, like, yeah. from secret. The fact that they address that is interesting. Yeah, just, and everyone's like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, the ideas behind <laughs> it are really cool. I just think the execution is a little bit to be desired. Um, yeah. They clearly were trying to go for big things, and it just feels like they didn't go as far as they want, needed to to make hmm. it work really well i guess well i mean yeah you know, i mean it's just hard when for it. you know what's his name steve carell is kind of the show yeah you know it's hard when he's not there anymore <laughs> i mean he's the character that you know i mean he drove the plots he drove the tone like what do you do when the guy who yeah i don't know yeah when you're like de facto actual main character yeah steps away for the ensemble yeah yeah it's a weird question a weird situation yeah yeah hey uh walter hill's red heat starts in a russian uh sauna like a some insane like you must weigh like 500 pounds of pure muscle to get in sauna And Arnold Schwarzenegger's walking around in just a loincloth, and then someone puts a hot rock in his hand to test how strong he is. How and badass he punches the dude out a window, and they fight in the snow, and uh, it's best ten minutes of cinema. Wait, that sounds incredible. <laughs> that sounds like a masterpiece. The movie kind of doesn't get better from there, unfortunately, uh, but it's still a Walter Hill movie, so it's, you know, crazy. Is- uh, it's called Red Heat. Red I've been in a big Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, mood, and I'm going back and watching some of the Schwarzenegger movies I haven't seen, which is only like three or whatever. But you see the um, long goodbye. No. He's wait, yeah, for like four minutes. Is that the one with a? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I have not seen the long goodbye yet. Oh, oh, oh. That movie's but, uh, like one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll watch it soon. It's yeah. on my like to watch list. It's just I don't know. Arnold's comforting for me right now. Arnold is don't don't go into it expecting Arnold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think I would. Okay, 
Uh, Arnold's a good comfort to have. Uh, right after that scene, he uh, goes and finds a dude and then lifts him up and just slam like he throws him on the ground like a basketball, and it's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like he like just he like spikes, he spikes him an down? entire human being like a football. It's so great. <laughs> okay, that's on my list right now. Uh, uh, and then I also he... saw. Don't watch uh, Raw Deal though. That's the Arnold. I'd say maybe avoid. It's kind of fun, but it's not really fun what's what's the i don't know it's like he's he's a he's an ex-fbi agent who got like tossed off of the bureau and then became a local town sheriff and then gets called back into the fbi to be undercover it's stupid i don't know (laughs) okay it definitely isn't a movie that was written for arnold schwarzenegger oh okay it's one of those yeah hmm I want to interject right, really I'll, quick I'll to just say it. that the uh, the pilot of Space Force is directed by Paul King of Paddington 1 and 2 fame. Oh, oh. shit. Yeah, so. Oh, uh, shit. That makes me much more eager to watch that because Paddington 1 and 2 are both very good movies. Anyway. Shit. Arnold. Nah, I don't know. I'm done. I haven't seen many of his movies, but I watched, uh, uh I watched Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, nice. The other day, um, I still haven't I... seen it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, I'll then I'll say. I don't know. It was different than what I was expecting that movie to be. Huh. Um. It wasn't nearly as insane as I was prepared for it to be. Uh, And there, if you like Tom Cruise, uh, negotiating prices, making small talk with people, showing his ID to a lot of uh, people um, walking around uh, like making small transactions with people and being you know polite I guess uh, for two for nearly three hours uh, then it's then it's the movie for you sweet yeah it's it's great it was good though I, I i liked it it was just like not at all what i was expecting it's a, it's a kubrick right yeah it's his last movie his yeah. very last movie yeah he right. he died like 10 days after he screened like a cut jeez for uh you know everyone and then wow. he died sucks well yeah, there's a few Kubricks I still gotta watch. Yeah. Barry Lyndon. Yep. This. Uh, I gotta watch that as Pants well. Pants Glory. Um, I don't know what else. I'm probably missing something. Uh, speaking of Kubrick, I believe this upcoming, this weekend is, uh, or like soon around this time, like this day, uh, is the 40th anniversary of The Shining. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe so, uh, I will watch it again. Yeah. Uh, Scott Weinberg uh, had a thread on Twitter today. To, uh, he, like, he started out with, what's your favorite movie from 1980? And then it was just a thread of pictures of all the movies that came out in 1980. And holy shit, there were a lot of good movies that came out in the single year 1980. Yeah, it's a good year. It's crazy. There's a bunch of good years right around there. Yeah. I mean, you know, 1982, everyone considers the greatest summer of movie history. Yeah. That was a big one. I mean, E.T., the thing blade blade runner and the john carpenter's the thing came out a week apart that's crazy uh, uh rathacon wow. um i forget if you look up summer of 82 it's a pretty big fucking deal but yeah those times are just when like i don't know crazy shit's coming out that suddenly <laughs> becomes like a fucking phenomenon i don't yeah. know yeah that must what be, i wouldn't what i wouldn't give to just go back and from like 1977 to like 1980 I don't know, eight to just be like a young person through that time would be fucking 
cool. Right. And just like live through all of those movies. Yeah, dude, go see fucking Star Wars and Superman in the theater and Right. You hear about this fucking weird movie called The Road Warrior from Australia. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll go see that. I don't know. Rathacon. Like there's just a lot of shit coming out. Amazing. Terminator, Robocop. Could you imagine being a fucking like 14 year old and going to see robocop for the first time on the no, big screen i could not imagine sneaking into robocop uh that would see robert cargill talks about the day that he saw uh flash gordon and robocop on the same day holy shit and just had like a complete his brain leaked out of his ears i'm like yeah dude yeah that that double bill is <laughs> yeah he said he saw flash gordon and it like kind of blew his mind and then the next thing he saw like right after that was robocop <laughs> and that like oh totally <laughs> just completely obliterated him oh my god because okay so because flash gordon is like this crazy like it's like this non-lucid <laughs> psychosexual distressingly nightmare. horny yeah like um, like aggressive to the max like this weird psychedelic space trip and then robocop <laughs> Like, yeah. right afterwards is, like, it's, the sheer step up in quality anyway. Like, you already right. go from, like, batshit insane to, like, one of the tightest movies ever made. Right, like a Stone Cold masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. like an actual classic nothing is wrong with it, like, movie. Uh, the whiplash of that must have been... That that could change a person, I would say. Right. <laughs> I would say that double bill could change a person in, in one afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I don't think could change a person? Ringu 2? Ringu 2. Um, yeah. Do, oh, before we jump into the movie, do we have any uh, emails for fights? Yes. Uh, shit, did I accidentally... Where's my where, oh here's my here's my uh my bracket little sticky note that I got. So what are we adding here? Oh right, I forgot we <laughs> Okay. So are we doing we, the bracket? We got an email from Amy again. Thank you, Amy. <clears throat> um she sent in uh two of them. Uh one is just a suggestion for a future matchup, I guess, or one that we can fill in the blank for, but the first one says Mega Croc versus the ants from Glass Trap. Hmm. Uh, and then the winner of this round goes against Larva. I don't know, is what she said. And then the second email said, I don't know what the matchup would be, but someone has to go up against the color brown. The color hmm. brown from Larva? I suppose. Maybe the color brown as a concept. Just just uh, it, it it is tethered to our plane of existence via Larva, but you know what I mean? <laughs> So, okay, so Mega Croc versus the ants yeah. from <coughs> Glass Trap. From the, the so, single so... practical ant versus, and, and like, 30 to 40 CGI ants. Mm-hmm. It's just so conditional, though. Like, is, is Mega Croc fighting the ants in the Glass Trap? In the building? Yeah. In the... <laughs> How many ants do you have? He's, he's trapped. Mega Mega Croc is uh, trapped and let's needs to do... beat the ants before Corrigan uh, guesses them out. Yeah, is yeah. it a race for both of them to get out of there before Corrigan comes? I think that's a pretty good setup for the fight. Um, okay. Because it puts some pressure on, on Mega Croc. Uh, <laughs> and it's also off balance because it's not Mega Croc's home turf. Um, But it's like sort of a diehard situation. Yeah, Mega Croc is John McLean. Yeah, where Mega Croc, Mega Croc is John. McLean. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Holy shit! So who do we think? Oh, that's a tough one. Do we think Mega Croc has got it in the bag? Do you think I he fights? Don't know. You think he scraps his way out of it? How big is Mega Croc? It is Mega Croc. What? Is, how big is Mega Croc? Mega Croc is. Just imagine what that could be. Uh, I'm just trying to see. Oh, it was a real thing. Okay. Didn't. Do yeah, it. but I'm looking for the Mega Croc from uh, like the Asylum movies or whatever. Mega Croc versus Mega Shark. I need the character Mega Croc, right? Yeah. There has to be. There's a Mega Croc versus fucking 
Mega Shark. There we go. How big is Mega, Mega Croc? Oh, I don't know. Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. That's not oh, what we're talking about. Damn it! Yeah. That is what we're talking about. I uh, yeah. I think I just got them confused. <sighs> I thought it was like something versus Mega Croc. Damn. Uh, Mega Shark versus okay. Crocosaurus, which we can, so we we just, can go- just say that Crocosaurus is. Well, didn't we talk about Mega Croc? Didn't we make up Mega Croc that one time in your in like that pitch for that that crocodile hunting movie? I don't recall this. I mean, if Amy's telling us about it, she probably remembers a bit where we talk about Mega Croc, right? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Wasn't it like a Corrigan movie that we came up with one time? I and it was like remember. a bunch of yeah, Mega um oh, I'm, I'm like pretty sure we came up with Maybe Dan pitched Mega Croc or something. Okay. Well, regardless of whether or not we did, unless you can remember details about the pitch, what Mega Croc, I guess, if it's our creation, Mega Croc is a big crocodile? Right? A big crocodile, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, big crocodile, missing one eye from yeah, battle. Yeah, he's got know, an eye scar. patch. He smells like whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. How about this? What if Mega Croc is sized up to the same scale that the Antrim Glass Trapper sized up? You mean so- uh, I think that would what? be very large. Exactly. We're- oh, like he's also gone through that same size process. Yeah. So like, yes. but he was already yeah, big, proportionally as big as the. Okay. Okay. Ants. So he was already big, and he if he increased the same size that ants did to the ants and ant. Well, then I think or... Mega Croc would have it because that's like asking what would happen if a regular crocodile fought an ant. <laughs> well, okay, that's true. But would a crocodile even notice an ant? Right. Oh shit. Would... So is the okay. fight now? Now the fight is suddenly humans versus godzilla yeah and except and, the humans have the intelligence of an ant yeah yeah and the I croc think, has, listen, an inte- has the intelligence of a godzilla right i think the only question is just how many ants because i think let's you just have enough ants ants will oh, win oh okay okay i was right. gonna say how many were in glass trap like 30 they're like 30 i think i think we have to limit to the glass trap Okay. Um, well, if so we like, can't even fucking fit Mega Croc in the building anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say a good 45 foot fucking crocodile. Throw him in a skyscraper and have him fight 80 big ants. Yeah. Dog sized ants. Okay. What What if. That's my. Uh, that's what I say. What All right. Let's. let's what's that fight? How about, what if Mega Croc is a regular crocodile who, over the course of the fight, becomes <clears throat> the big crocodile? Oh, he's growing. Yeah, can the ants defeat him? Is he the crocodile that just, you know, he eats a cereal Wait, so without now the there's, milk? Now yeah. there's two ticking clocks. <laughs> or there's mul- there's multiple ticking clocks, because now Corrigan's coming to DDT the building. <laughs> the ant, the, the, the crocodile's trying to save his life and get out of there as quick as he can uh, to avoid that fate. While Meanwhile, the ants are trying to make sure that they kill Mega Croc before he turns into a larger croc and <laughs> Corrigan comes and DDTs the building. So they're all on different timetables. Yeah. Trying to go at each other. Corrigan has, of course, accounted for Mega Croc's true height, like final form, <laughs> and has enough DDT to take out the the, the advanced, yeah. So who wins Mega Croc and the ants in a fight to escape before Corrigan arrives. This, um, this, this, uh, rabbit hole we're going down just gave me a very good idea about a binder themed fighting game where one yep. of the, one of the stages would be the building, uh, from glass trap and the time limit. Like it's like smash brothers where you can do like time limits or whatever. And like the time limit for the stage would be, it would be slowly filling with DDT. All this gas would just yeah. flood in. And you can see Corrigan's like giant frame outside the windows, yeah. just gleefully pumping DDT. Yeah. Or oh my god! And if you don't finish the stage in time, then you'll just be, both lose. <laughs> yeah, That's and then Corrigan saunters over the corpses with the big "you lose." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And he'd be like, Corrigan would be like a secret. No, not Corrigan. Uh, 
oh i forget who played corrigan i forget his name how can i forget his name oh martin cove yeah uh martin cove is like he is the secret boss of this game of this fighting game and yeah yeah you have different skins that you can unlock which are his various characters that are all of his binder movies yeah um yeah wow anyway would uh, one of the stages at least be a well oh absolutely yeah oh for sure or at least the 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 grass in front of the well or something yeah i I like fighting inside of a well (laughs) a tiny well yeah (laughs) you have like three feet waist deep in water in a well that you have to Try to hit a fucking combo. There would be a good, uh, there would be a good roster for a fighting game in the Binder movies. Like that would actually be a pretty solid, like game. Most of them would be annoying regular humans, but they it would be fun. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be annoying regular humans, and then it would be like the angel from the end of Dark Hunters, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) then it would be like, I don't know, weird, Uh, decaying goop guys and stuff. i don't know see i don't know i think the angel from the end of dark hunters would be a uh would be like uh, an environmental hazard yeah it would be an environmental thing for that stage right it would be the the, the church from dark hunters would be a stage right and in the middle yeah. of it the angel will come down and the game would pause for seven minutes as you're flung across the galaxy you know <laughs> In your fight. The cutscene would be like an unskippable seven minutes <laughs> yeah. of that footage. And the, the entire time, your character would, you would just hear, uh, uh, as your character slowly <laughs> takes damage from this. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta Ooh, get some, uh, we gotta get some, uh, could, work could on a this. pirate boat be one of the, uh, Ooh. environments? And yeah. then the, the uh, fog ghosts. The fog ghosts form. That'd be good. Jolly Roger would be in that stage too. Would would Jolly Roger? We gotta come up with like some fighters in here. (laughs) They can't all be. Well, uh, well, the ants. The ants. The ants would just form like an ant person body. Would bug? Would bug boy be in there? Yeah, I think that'd be a knocking boy be in there. DLC. He'd be a DLC character. I think the ones that we created would be DLC characters, but okay. like the main core cast would be binder characters. Binder characters only, and then our creations. Oh, oh, you know who'd be a perfect dude for this? Hmm. Um, oh, shit, what's the movie? We did it not too long Oh, ago. the guy who kicks down the doors. Yes, the door kicker. Yeah. <laughs> the door kicker, what movie is that? He would just kick doors at people, right? Like, it's not a kick. You don't kick someone. You just kick a door at someone. <laughs> it would be the. That'd be a fun. That's from uh, uh, Screaming Dead. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, that's why I don't. I, the drill movie. Yeah. It'd be it'd be that guy, and it would be the. Uh, you just don't get it, do you, guy from <laughs> God? <laughs> the, the emo dude. Do you get it now? Dead above ground. Yeah, the guy like dressed like Neo, but he's like. Yeah. yeah. Preaching for Jesus. Jesus yeah does he just his moves are just like how powerful his like ideologies are <laughs> he's got like like how a... well he can spout stuff at uh... you is how you take damage uh the fighting game you wouldn't bleed you goo would just come out of you oh yes when you lose you are mad you are oh my god the hospital and infection who would yeah. fight an infection would it be like doctors versus like <laughs> manifestations of their own psychosis yeah while probably. everyone while i feel like that one filling up yeah that one like basement hallway would yeah. be like the dungeon hallway would be the stage <clears throat> yeah oh, we got man. some good ones anyway mega croc versus the ants yeah uh i uh, i mean mega croc would win yeah I, yeah it, i'm i'm also putting mega croc down <laughs> i'll go with mega croc um I don't think ants are getting through that high. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's too too thick. <laughs> too thick high. Make um, a crack too thick. I think we should hold off on the color brown uh, for maybe a good matchup. We can think of something to match it up with. All right. I do like that that suggestion. That's a very uh, eternal concept of this podcast is the color brown. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's going into the next seed. And uh, whatever Mega Croc, whatever the next fight is, uh, it will be the winner of the next fight versus Mega Croc, and then the winner of that fight would go on to fight either LMFAO or Alan Tudyk. <laughs> so we'll come back to that. What a fight. We'll come back to that in a bit. Um, Ringu 2. 
Yeah. Uh, the sequel to the movie Ringu. Yes. Uh, not the original sequel to the movie Ringu, but it is the second sequel to the movie Ringu. It's it's uh, the only like true sequel in that right in that the the plot takes right from where Ringu leaves off because doesn't the other yeah. sequel it's more of like a spiritual successor. Or am I wrong in that? Spiral. No. Spot. Okay. So Spiral Ring is the novel. Yes. And and Spiral is the sequel to the novel. The movie. Ringu is an adaptation of Ring. The mm-hmm. movie Rasen is a adaptation of Spiral. Okay. So uh the books are sequels, those movies are sequels. And then people didn't like Rasen, so they made Ring 2, which is just a sequel to the movie Ring. Or Ringu and not a sequel to the book, and not an adaptation of the book's sequel. Okay. <laughs> My favorite type of movie. <laughs> yeah, we're just ignoring uh, the other sequel that was made, and we're making up a new sequel, in which something happens. Yeah, something happens. Uh, uh, what happens well we should go through the directors and cast yes of course and then we can talk and then we can talk about like our one sentence synopsis of what the movie is yes uh directed by hideo nakata he directed ringu the ring 2 the american ring 2 uh sadako death note l change the world and dark water uh, it was written by Hiroshi Takahashi, who wrote Ringu Zero and Ringu. Um, Miki Nakatani, I'm sorry for all the names I'm severely butchering, uh, plays Mai Takano. Takano. Uh, she was in Spiral and Ringu as the same character. Uh Memories of Matsuko, Seven Days of Humawari and Her Puppies, When the Last Sword is Drawn, and Christmas on Twenty Wait, Christmas on July Twenty Fourth Avenue. Uh, okay. Uh Rikia Otaka Otaka plays Yoichi Asakawa. Uh he was in Ringu. Uh Year One in the North and the Sea is watching. I like that title a lot. It's a good title. Uh, Fumio Kohinata Kohinata uh, plays Ishii Kawajiri, um, starred in Full Metal Alchemist, Ring the Final Chapter, uh, the uh, Audition, Dark Water, 69, Always Sunset on 3rd Street, 20th Century Boys 1, beginning of the end 20th century boys 2 the last hope and 20th century boys 3 redemption <laughs> holy shit, what's 20th century boys i have no idea it's a good series uh, title though yeah i like that <laughs> beginning of the end the last hope redemption <laughs> uh hitomi sato plays masami kurahashi also in ringu Seven Souls in the Skull Castle version red. That sounds awesome. Seven Souls in the Skull Castle version red. (laughs) Wonko, the story of me. My family and rock. And experimental detective to tort. Oh my god, excuse me. I love the concept of an experimental detective. Yeah. It's cool. Experimental detective to tort. Yeah. Is that like uh, the guy? Is that like uh, Kiefer Sutherland in Fire yeah. Walk with Me? Oh my God, <laughs> he's got like a detective box. <laughs> I love his little case, his little detective solving case. Bag yeah, like he's got like he a mystery around. machine. He's probably, he's probably trapped in it, right? That's what David Lynch would do to him: trap him inside of his little detective box. <sighs> or he just mm-hmm. turns into it later on. 
Wait, yeah. did any of you see that one deleted scene where Cooper goes to visit him, like in his lab? Yeah. So that's Coop- on the, the the fan edit. The- yeah, in the in the longer cut. That's uh, my preferred cut. The missing pieces. Uh, Cooper goes and visits Sam Stanley uh, after um, Chris Isaacs disappears, and he's like in a room with like this big vat of like smoggy water or like milk or something. Do you remember any of this? Not really. I don't remember a big milk vat. He's like doing a weird like vat experiment where he's just like looking at a swirling pool. Doesn't Cooper tell him like, I don't care about this or something. Yeah. He was like, I don't doesn't that happen where he's just like, I'm not here for this. Can we talk about the other thing? Yeah. He's like about to explain what it is. And then Cooper's like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Re Eno plays Yamamura Sadako. Uh, She was Sadako in Ringu. Uh, Inugami Magia record Puella Magi. No, it's Madoka Magica side story. Yeah, it's Magia Magia Record Puella Magi Magi Madoka Magica side story is the full title, and that's coming out in 2020. I think it's or it's out already. I'm not sure. It's I think it's like a spinoff of Madoka Magica, which is a good show. And that's all of her credits. (laughs) What a weird. She was in two movies, both of them as Sadako, and then two other things one very recently yeah all right so now we will begin our review of ringu 2 i don't remember much of it at all nothing really happened yep um yeah (laughs) there was yeah i mean i watched (laughs) we watched we all watched this movie a long time ago yeah uh it was kind of hard to know what was going on while we were watching it. So with the added benefit of many stressful hours in between, uh, yeah, I don't know what happens in this movie. The only thing I can say that I found interesting uh, and that I wish more horror sequels and would do mm-hmm. um, is it seems like this movie's very, I mean, it's part of its problem where it's everything seems very uh, kind of clinical and like just by the numbers as opposed to like there's a horror or like atmosphere going on you know that i agree with you but also that's a thing that i seem to like about the ring franchise okay but i I just think i totally agree with you yeah i just think there's something really interesting about a movie that has it's a sequel to a horror movie and everyone in the movie is just kind of like i guess that's real then huh all right well i guess we'll figure out like what happened right (laughs) And it seems like that's what the movie is, from what I remember. Like, people just kind of seeing if they can figure out, like, I wonder what happened in that last movie. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, scientifically. I don't remember anyone being like, wait, it's supernatural? It seems like from the bat, everyone's like, oh, I guess this is a ghost. Okay, we'll just deal with it. And, like, like, now we have to study ghosts and, like, how that phenomenon occurs. Yeah, it's kind of amazing just how, how, like, uh, not special it was. Yeah. Which is maybe part of, you know, detriment to the movie, but something I found kind of fascinating. Like, I love a Friday the 13th sequel that was this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. I... Like, hey, some shit went down. Like, now we yeah, have to analyze like, it? Yeah, there's, like, demonstrable evidence. There's actionable, in, like, a lot of <laughs> like stuff happened, you know? Yeah. It's always interesting that horror movies are just like, well... It all gets swept under the rug or something in between movies, but like I don't know, what if it didn't? And the next movie's just about like, hmm, wonder what happened? Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's like the know. positives that I have to say about this movie is your. That's exact the thing. single thing I have to yeah. say. Yeah, I remember the th- couple things I remember about this film are it starts out in with people finding the body of Sadako in the well. And there's like in a in a mortician in a little like whatever mm-hmm. room. I remember that. I remember most of the movie being just about figuring out like what's going on, which is a, which is odd. Um, 
I get what you mean it being like a cool thing. And I do agree with that. I just think the way the movie went about it was like just really kind of boring. Um, yeah, I'm not. And again, I'm not. Yeah, it, it. I don't know if there's a way to do it well or not. I just think it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then I remember at the end, they were doing like some sort of experiment in a pool, right? And they, they were mm-hmm. hooking up people to like like things. And this one dude kept saying over and over again that it's not a ghost. It's just like a manifestation of energy. Like it's not actually a spirit that's returning from the dead to like haunt people. It's just that people have different like like supernatural energies about them and using it in weird ways. And then they're okay. They, I think. And then there's like a because a, a, like there's a part where someone says that like I mean if it walks like a duck, yeah, <laughs> and it kills like a ghost. Well, here's the thing because there's a part where they seem to suggest that Sadako wasn't dead. She was in the well for like 20 years. A long time. Alive. And was like killing people via her supernatural gifts, not via her her psychic abilities. Yeah. And not, yeah. Bonkers. Um, And then I remember the ending when the one main girl is in the well and she's trying to save the person and she's climbing up and like, the like i guess a ghost of sadako or something is like climbing up after her and then just kind of mm-hmm. falls down and dies <laughs> i think um that's all i remember because the rest of it is just people hmm. walking around talking about whatever to doctors looking at tvs and being boring yeah it was very boring that's like what i remember from this movie is it had some ideas, it was boring, and it ends the same way that every Ring movie apparently ends, where they're at, like, the house, and they're near the well, and they just, like, Sadako's there, and they get a little spooked, I guess. Yeah. Got a Ring movie, baby. That's a Ring. Yeah. There, there it is. Um. Alright, uh, I have to... I kind of have to go. Um, okay. <laughs> I got work soon, so. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, if you guys want to keep, I don't care if you guys want to keep going or whatever. I'm just. Okay. That's I mean, I don't fine. really have much else to say about I don't it. have much else to say. I think you just gave our, the greatest segue of all time. <laughs> we're like, uh, we're like 58 minutes in. Let me just end it. Like, we could just end the episode. Yeah, the movie was, like, whatever. What's our goo grade? Zero. Zero. No goo. Uh, uh, out of five wells. Uh, I don't know. Hold on. I, I rated it something. Let me look. Right um, I feel bad if I give it, like, a one and a half. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. Because it's not... I didn't really like the movie, but it also wasn't, like bad it was just kind of not engaging i'm just gonna give it like a two i guess but i don't think i ever rated this Um, i just feel bit like i don't think i could rate it that way compared to some of the other movies that i rated similar and those are just you know so like two two yeah two two's fine two two's fine it's just what it is uh dan favorite scene i okay um the only scenes the only things that come in like the only thing i can conjure is like a lot of gray mm-hmm. uh there's a it's an office yep yeah a guy's looking at a thing yep yeah. they're looking at that's, like the yep yeah that's my favorite scene all right uh roxy uh the pool scene i guess the experimental pool scene uh okay i like the mirror scene where she's like flickering in and out of the mirror. Oh right, the two mirrors are back to back, and people keep flickering in between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? I don't remember it. Next. All week. right. Uh, well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at itcamefrombasement at gmail.com. Go to itcamefrombasement.com, and you'll find all the links for all the stuff that I'm about to say. Uh, follow us on Twitter at basementcast. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I'd like to thank Nick Vittori for our artwork and Mike Wood for our theme song. Next week, Dracula's Curse 2006, directed by Lee Scott, available on 2B TV, uh, and you can rent it on Microsoft. I don't know what that means, but you can do it. Yeah. Uh, 
All right, that's that. <laughs> Remember, friends, dwell well. <laughs>